This Faith and Finance podcast is underwritten in part by One Ascent. If you believe God is the owner, then that makes you a steward. And as a steward of God's resources, shouldn't you consider aligning His assets with His principles by investing in companies that bless mankind instead of causing harm? Our trusted partner, One Ascent Investments, calls this values-based investing. One Ascent believes that if your values inspire the way you live, they should also inspire the way you invest. Whether you are saving for retirement, putting kids through college, or transitioning into the next phase of life, Christian investors have the opportunity to direct your investment capital into companies who are positively impacting the world. One Ascent can help you do this through its comprehensive suite of values-aligned investment solutions. To learn more about making a positive impact in the world through your portfolio, please visit investments.oneascent.com or speak with your financial advisor about One Ascent Investments today. Have you memorized Proverbs 21.5? It reads, steady plotting brings prosperity, hasty speculation brings poverty. Hi, I'm Rob West. Maybe you know it by heart, but taking it to heart is a different thing altogether. It's a double-edged verse, and you must follow both parts to be financially successful. We'll unpack it further by diving into God's Word today, and then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. It's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial journey. Okay, so I said there are two sides to Proverbs 21.5, and they're really about not giving up and not giving in. Steady plotting means not giving up, and hasty speculation means giving in to greed. Let's look at the perils of hasty speculation first. To do that, we have a real-life story of an executive at a major Western bank, and to protect his anonymity, we'll just call him Brian. Starting his career in finance back in the 1990s, Brian probably thought he was pretty good at managing money, although he admits he was living beyond his means and accumulating debt. That left him vulnerable to the promise of great riches at the peak of the dot-com craze in early 2000. Like so many others at the time, Brian hadn't grasped the biblical truth that hasty speculation brings poverty. When a co-worker offered to bring him in on the ground floor of a can't-lose tech startup, Brian was all in. He invested $10,000 he managed to scrape together and, as he describes it, got ready to pop champagne corks. But the only popping Brian heard was the dot-com bubble bursting. He lost everything by investing in a company he knew nothing about. He had given in to hasty speculation and paid the price, as Proverbs 28.20 warns. A faithful man will abound with blessings, but whoever hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. Of course, God doesn't sit around and wait for you to make foolish mistakes with money so he can punish you. He doesn't have to because the consequences of poor money management happen all on their own, and those consequences can be severe. Hasty speculation born of greed is just one example. 
First Timothy 6, 9, and 10 warns those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Okay, so much for not giving in. Now for not giving up. That's a short definition of steady plotting. A longer one would be living within your means, avoiding debt, saving for short-term needs, and investing consistently for long-term needs. And to do those things for a very long time. That's steady plotting. And you might think it doesn't sound very exciting, but don't be fooled. There's plenty of drama in staying the course and following God's financial principles. When you do, you'll experience highs and lows, great peace and contentment, and probably some discouraging setbacks along the way. God's Word addresses this, too. In James 1, 2-4, we find, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So God's Word encourages us to not give up. And this is where we get back to our story of Brian the banker. Fortunately, he didn't give up, even after losing all his money. Instead, he took a course on biblical money management through his church. And that's when things started to turn around for him. Brian says God's Word taught him to be more frugal and disciplined with money. He saved and eventually began investing in real estate, something he knew more about. He started small and went slowly with no get-rich-quick scheme, just steady plotting. And over the years, it paid off. Because he wasn't over-leveraged, Brian's real estate venture survived the housing crash and Great Recession. Eventually, he was able to start a fitness-related business with his son, a dream he'd had for many years, and that business survived COVID and today is thriving. Brian says that learning to be more disciplined with budgeting, saving, and investing was an essential part of his financial turnaround. But doing those things over a long period of time was critical. Steady plotting brought Brian out of financial ruin to eventual financial success and security. Now, if you suffer a setback, dust yourself off and keep going. Galatians 6, 9 offers this encouragement. Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. All right, your calls are next. 800-525-7000. I'm Rob West, and this is Faith and Finance. We'll be right back. We are grateful for support from One Ascent Investments on the MoneyWise program. They manage a comprehensive suite of value-based investment strategies designed to help Christian investors live aligned with what they value most. One Ascent believes that if your values inspire the way you live, they should also inspire the way you invest. This can be a unique form of worship. More information is available at investments.oneascent.com. That web address is investments.oneascent.com. My name is Kent, and I'm a member of Christian Healthcare Ministries. I have a friend who actually has great insurance, and she recently had a a life-threatening experience. And she was laying in the hospital bed afraid, not afraid for her life, but afraid of what her insurance would or would not cover. And as a CHM member, I can honestly say I just never have that fear. I can't tell you the, the peace of mind that provides. Learn more about Christian Healthcare Ministries' biblical cost sharing at chministries.org. 
Welcome back to Faith and Finance, where we apply the wisdom from the Bible to your financial decisions and choices. Here's the reality. You know, the way we allocate money, it really indicates in many ways where we're at spiritually, where our heart is at. It's a reflection of what we value, where we've placed our trust. And here's the good news. God's Word provides all kinds of counsel, wisdom, principles that we can apply to today's decisions as we define how much is enough for our lifestyle and our accumulation, as we decide how much to give away and how much to keep, uh, what it looks like to really hold God's resources loosely and uh, live within his provision. The big idea, contentment and generosity. Uh, Completely throughout Scripture, we see that we're to be generous sowers, and to whom much is given, much is required. Well, as we manage God's money, the money we live on and spend, the money we give and owe and grow, we can pull those principles out of Scripture to apply to the decisions and choices we're making each day. Well, let's do that together with your questions. 800-525-7000. We've got two lines open. We'd love to hear from you. Let's head south to Miami. Hi, Joyce. Thanks for your patience. Go ahead. Hi, how are you today? Thanks I'm for well. taking my call. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I have two questions, but I don't know if I could get to the second. I have um, a guarantee signer um, that I, I, I sign for, but they keep using the card and keep going up on the bill. I, I, I don't know how to handle that. Um, should I put a hold on it that they don't create any more bill, just pay off what they owe? Yeah, are you talking about an authorized user or uh, on a credit card? Authorized user, that's it. Authorized user. Um, thanks for correction. Okay, and who is that authorized user that you're referring to? Is it a family member? Uh, just no, a friend, a friend from church. But um, she in, you know, she didn't have any credit. I went to the bank. I helped her out, but she keep using it every month. Everything she wanted, she want to change her oil, she use it. She <laughs> want to pay insurance, she use it, and it's. And it's going up. Joyce, I tell me what come in the mail for fifteen percent. If she transfer it, she could have fifteen months with no interest. I was thinking if that was a good idea to introduce it to. Well, let's back up though for a second because I want to help you sort this out here. When you first set this up, what was the understanding in terms of adding her to your account? Well, she needed some money to to pay some bill to pay a bill. Okay. Um, and and um, so you added her to the account and gave her the credit card and said you can use this for your no, bills. I um I went to the bank and they sent her a card. She have a card in her name, but okay. it's my my account. Okay. And um, but but she's using it like it's hers instead of the the the, the instead of what I had trying to help her with to pay off what she owe. It's going higher and higher. Oh, yeah. And have you confronted her about this to say this wasn't a part of our original understanding for you to use this freely? I, I, I talked to her about it, but she's not longer going to the church I go to. I don't want to hurt her feeling, but uh, in my spirit, I'm, I'm kind of upset about it. That, yeah. That she know that she's not doing the right thing. And yeah. and, and I, I don't usually do that because a family member asked me to do it and I didn't do it. Yes. 
Well, Joyce, you've got to look after yourself here, and, and she's taking advantage of you uh, by taking this account and using it in a way that it was not intended to be used. So I think you need to cancel this card immediately. Unfortunately, because you've added her as an authorized user, you're out of the goodness of your heart, and I completely appreciate the spirit in which you did it initially. Uh, it's just that because she's misused uh, the situation and taken advantage of you, you're now entirely responsible for this debt, and she's not, uh, because she knows that uh, she's not legally responsible for it. You are. You're the one who took out the account, and you gave permission for them to send her a card. And so uh, if she were to take this card tomorrow and uh, buy a sports car, you'd be responsible. Uh, and at this point, we can't have any reason to believe that she would you know, do the right thing with regard to how this is used and not take further advantage of you. Um, so I think the next step here is immediately to call them and cancel the card and tell them I need to uh, remove her as an authorized user, perhaps even cancel the account entirely and ha or have them at least issue you a new account number in your, uh, that would be in your name only, especially if the, the, the card number on the authorized user card was the same as yours. Um, and then we've got to decide how to handle this moving forward. Um, I would sit down with her if she's willing to do so, and she may not, especially if she knows that she's taken advantage of you. But I would attempt to sit down with her and confront her about this and, and tell her that you would like her to pay this back um, as she's able to and develop a plan to do that in writing that she would agree to. If she's unable to, if she doesn't respond to you, I uh, would follow the biblical model. Even though she's not in your church, I'd contact whoever, uh, you know, she, whatever church she's going to and sit down with her, uh, you know, and, and follow Matthew 18 and bring somebody else with you, perhaps from her church to sit down with her and say, listen, this was not what we discussed. Um, but, you know, that's ultimately going to be up to you how you handle it. But I just don't think you're in a position right now to let one more minute go by with this account staying active, especially given uh, her track record of how she has misused this in the past. If she's unable to repay it or she's unwilling to meet with her, with you, and, and or you don't want to confront her about it, well, then the next step is for you to decide how you're going to repay it um, to as to not create further harm in your financial life. Because if if this gets past due, uh, you know, it's going to obviously reflect very poorly on your credit report, and that's going to hurt you moving forward. What is the balance on this today, Joyce? Right now, I, last time I checked it, it's, it's $7,000. She's paying every month. She's paying, but, but she's still keeping Is she paying using, the minimum, you know, or is she, is she paying more than the minimum? She paid the minimum, and sometimes she pay a little more than the minimum. But my, yeah. my, my problem is that she needs to stop purchasing, purchasing, well, just and pay... The yeah, and the only way to do that is to call the card as soon as you get off the phone with me and tell them to to cancel it and to take her off and perhaps reissue the account number so she no longer has access to it because you have no uh, the way to prevent her from charging up additionally thousands and thousands of dollars. Now, maybe she won't, uh, but certainly the pattern that's gotten us to this point where you now have a $7,000 balance would tell us that she's very likely to continue to charge on this. So I would call the credit card company immediately and, and turn off her access to this card. And then I think you need 
need to request a meeting in person with her to ask her how she's going to not only make the minimum payments, but continue, you know, start to make some real progress on getting this paid off. Um, and, and then from that point forward, you need to also be ready to step in because if she decided one month not to make a payment and she gets more than 30 days past due, it's going to start showing up on your credit report that, uh, that you're delinquent and that's going to have some real adverse effects to you in terms of your credit report. Uh, one other approach, once you close the account and you're done with it, would be to contact our friends at christiancreditcounselors.org and have them close the account, get the interest rate down, and then hopefully she or together she and you could work toward paying this off once and for all. And I wouldn't talk about any further assistance until this balance is down to zero, uh, not anywhere close to where it is today at, at $7,000. So we'll ask uh, the Money Wise community to be praying for you. I certainly will, Joyce. Uh, ask the Lord to give you some wisdom and some favor as you navigate what will likely be a very difficult discussion. But I'd take some action now in getting this access to the card closed off immediately. God bless you. Thanks for calling. We'll be right back. If you enjoy this radio program, you're going to love all of the many different resources waiting for you at faithfi.com. You'll find more powerful wisdom, podcasts, articles, videos, and more from partners like the National Christian Foundation, Sound Mind Investing, and Christian Healthcare Ministries. Connect with the community of thousands of Christians striving to be good and faithful stewards and check out all of the free biblical financial advice at faithfi.com. If you're investing for retirement or any other goal, you may be wondering if it's possible to enjoy both profit and peace of mind no matter what's happening in the market. Sound Mind Investing has a short video webinar on that topic at soundmindinvesting.org. SMI has helped tens of thousands of Christians learn to be wise and faithful stewards in the area of investing. Profit and peace of mind no matter what's happening in the market at soundmindinvesting.org. Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. This is the program where the 2300 verses on money and possessions found in God's Word intersect with today's financial decisions and choices. The number to get in on the conversation, 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. DeKalb, Illinois. Frank, go ahead, sir. Yes, I have a question about how can I prevent my children when my wife and I pass away, to pay a high inheritance tax. Well, the good news, uh, Frank, is that uh, there is no federal inheritance tax. Uh, you can have an inheritance uh, up to uh, over $12 million uh, before they would have any kind of, uh, you know, tax on that. Uh, and then there's six states that, uh, you know, have an inher- a tax uh, at a state level, Iowa, Kentucky, Maryland, Nebraska, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. So you would have to be aware of that. But apart from that, um, you know, there is no inheritance tax until you get above $12 million bucks. Okay, I appreciate it. I just checking out how it happened because we had to pay some taxes out, so the government got some of the money. So I just didn't I know for sure how much it was anymore. Yeah, All you're right, uh, you should be it. in the clear. Absolutely, Frank. Thanks for calling today, sir. God bless you. Uh, to Cleveland, hey Carrie, thank you for calling. Go ahead. Yeah, I have a 
question. I, um, I'm selling the house. It's closing on Friday and it's for $80,000. I'm 63 years old and I'm just wondering what to do with that money. Well, congrats on selling that house. That's great. A uh, couple of questions for you. Is this your primary residence or was it a rental? No, it's a rental. It's a, a rental that I'm selling for 80. So I'm just wondering how much is the max of that can I put into a 403B or can I do so much for 2022 and 2023, like break it up on my taxes? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the 403B uh, is going to have to be through salary deferral. Uh, the limit for uh, the uh, contribution on that for 2022, um, you know, that's already passed. Even though you could fund an IRA until you file your 2022 taxes, arguably between now and April 18th, you could still make an IRA contribution for 2022 prior to filing, but you won't be able to make any uh, 403B or 401k contributions because that you can't make direct contributions. It has to come out of your paycheck and you have no more paychecks for that year now that we've turned into a new year. So you'd have to focus on maxing out your 403B contributions for 2023. That's going to allow you to do $22,500 for your portion of that. And then combined with the employer portion, it'd be up to 66,000 between the two. Uh, So you'd want to just focus on maxing out uh, your portion up to 22.5. Now, if by doing that, it pushes your, well, it, it decreases your paycheck such that you don't have enough left to pay your bills, what you could do is pull from the 80000 that's sitting in savings to supplement that. And that's a way to kind of, you know, systematically get that money going into a tax-deferred environment. Um, if you have the ability to do the full 22-5 out of salary deferral and you're still able to pay your bills and you've still got this 80,000 minus the capital gains and you know expenses to the realtor and that kind of thing left over in savings then the only other place you could look at would be you could do a, a traditional or a Roth IRA contribution as long as you for the Roth you meet the income requirements it phases out after a certain amount of income where you can no longer make that contribution but you certainly could do the traditional IRA um, you could do, uh, you know, that you and your husband, if you're married. And then beyond that, if you want to try to get even more into a tax deferred environment, you'd have to look to an insurance product like an annuity. Does that make sense? Yeah. But what's the max I could put for, um, because I only have a little bit, like maybe a thousand or 2000 going to a Roth IRA. What's the max I could put for this 2023? Yeah, the uh, 2023 is $6,500 if you're under age 50, 7500 if you're over age 50. That's the uh, the limit for 2023. Would you put 75 and then 75 for next year? Like I could do a Roth, part of the Roth for next year first, like start that way. And yes. then I would, I, I've heard you in the past say pull from your, right, put it in savings, but pull uh, to pay your bills. To supplement. Yeah, absolutely. So if you haven't filed your 2022 return, which you likely haven't, you could do 7500 uh, for last year and for this year. Uh, let's head back to the phones here in our final moments of the broadcast today. To Florida we go. Hi, Sean. Thanks for calling. Go ahead, sir. I have a 
tax question here. Um, I have a Roth IRA, and I'm also contributing to my employer's um, 401k. Yes. And I want to know how to reduce my taxes here. Hmm. Well, the only thing that's going to reduce your taxes in the short term in terms of having an impact on your current year uh, taxable income is the traditional 401k or IRA. That Roth is going to be an after-tax contribution, so that's not going to do anything to reduce your current year uh, taxable earnings. The benefit to the Roth comes way down the road in retirement where you pull the gains out uh, because remember what you put in has already been taxed, but the gains are all coming out tax-free. So as where with whereas with the traditional 401k or traditional IRA, when you pull that money out, you pay tax on it as income with the Roth. All those gains are coming out without any tax, but that doesn't help you at all in the short term. So if you're looking for something to reduce your overall tax liability for 2022 or uh, for this year, your traditional 401k contributions uh, are going to do the most in terms of uh, excluding a portion of your income going into those accounts on a pre-tax basis and that's going to you know lighten your your tax liability for the current year does that make sense yes sir yes sir yes sir. okay very good that plus any charitable contributions as well as long as you itemize uh, could help you there also sean thanks for checking with us sir and that's going to do it for us today and as we wrap up i really want you to know how much i appreciate the time you invest with us each week you're taking time to listen to this program and committing the principles we talk about each time to your financial life and that lets me know the work we do here is worthwhile And even though you hear my voice on the program, I'm not doing this alone. We have an incredible team that helps with research, handles the production of the program, develops great resources like the FaithFi app and the FaithFi.com website, much of which we give away for free. And that wouldn't be possible without the financial support of listeners like you. If you're not yet one of our financial partners, but would like to be, would you visit our website, faithfi.com? That's faithfi.com and click the give button to sign up. We'd certainly be grateful. In the meantime, please tell a friend about us, then make plans to join us again next time, right here on Faith and Finance. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you.